Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. My name is Chaba. I'm Kino. And I'm Cheesy. In today's episode, we're going to address a listener question. Vitaly asked a question, how do we use time boxing and sprints when all you have are complicated bugs to fix? Bugs which are hard to reproduce and on average take a week to a month to fix. And how do you actually measure value of these bugs? Because we've traditionally been told that business value is added by adding new features and doing all kinds of stuff that, you know, which adds customer value. But in the event when all you're doing is fixing defects, how do you actually measure value? So uh, so when, when we talk about value, it from from the organization's perspective if if fixing bugs is the value for the organization then then in my opinion that developer or those developers or that team actually they are delivering value yeah i would agree with that basically when you're fixing bugs that means that the expected behavior is not there or there are some side effects that are unwanted um, that makes the experience for the end users less good and improving that experience is value for the end user. So that's value all in itself. One of the things that you can do, of course, is try to assess to what degree uh, a bug is preventing the user from being effective with the system. Uh, is it is it completely blocking a certain piece of functionality? Um, does it require a workaround, but the functionality is still there, just less, uh, less efficiently or less uh, elegantly? Um, those are kind of strategies or kind of ways to to assess the the impact of the um, of the issue and uh, and as a result uh, if you really want to create a, a if you really want to attach some kind of value to uh, to your bug you you can use those kind of attributes i i want to address another part of the question that he asked so it sounds like that, that they have a lot of difficulty anticipating how long it's going to take to fix the defect, i.e. that's probably why he's asking about the difficulties of time boxing. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on the limb and say it's very, very likely that the time boxing of Scrum is not the right way for you to approach this, you know, where because it sounds like uh, things are coming in. You don't know how large they are. You know, you, you can't give good estimates. You can't figure out what would fix in that time box. So in the first point, I might consider uh, looking at more of a Kanban flow type uh, uh, approach. Maybe that might be better suited for the type of work that you're doing. But I also want to say that there's a couple of things about the the larger question that that really bother me. Uh, First of all, defects that take a week or up to a month to resolve uh, sounds to me like there's some enormous problems with that. Uh, either the software is incomprehensibly complex or, or or there are just some some very, very serious uh, challenges with that. Second of all, teams that all they're doing is fixing defects uh, means that, that either uh, it, it's a team that's kind of put aside that's dedicated to that, i.e. maybe they're a support team or something like that, or it's uh, a situation where they, they can't fix the defects as fast as they're coding and putting them in. And in my opinion, both of those are really bad situations. The, the first situation where you have a team that's maybe kind of dedicated just to fix the defects, it doesn't really work well to shut off the spigot of defects. In other mm-hmm. words, we've got some teams who are putting them in, 
but they don't care because they don't have to actually pay the pain or pay the price to actually fix it. I, I, I firmly believe that the team who writes the code, the team who introduced the defect, the team who created the problem should be the team that, that, that is responsible for fixing it so that they feel that pain and so that they know and understand or learn quickly how important it is to keep the code clean and to not introduce those defects. So, or if it is a second situation uh, where the team is just constantly introducing new bugs and so therefore that's why they're spending all their time fixing it, it might do good to slow down and to stop and to say, we cannot continue to do this, you know, uh, go through the backlog and maybe throw most of the defects out and say, we're only going to look at some very, very high priority ones, but that we're going to also start to, while we're doing this, adopt practices like, like writing solid tests, like uh, uh, safe refactoring, like pairing or mobbing. So we get multiple eyes on the code and do some things that are designed to kind of help uh, alleviate uh, the problem of introducing all the defects. I'll address the sprint comment on the on the question uh, because uh, they, they seem to be working in sprints. And as Cheesy said, it may not be suited, but there are some principles from sprints and time boxing that may be applicable here. And there's three that I'd like to point out. The, the first is just the idea of time boxing, that you, the benefit of time boxing in this situation may not be for planning purposes, which is what spr- Scrum and sprints usually are, are used for, but you might use time boxing just to say, we're going to spend two weeks on this bug or one week on this bug or some amount of time. And that if we're not able to fix this bug in that frame of time, then we're going to move on to some other piece of work that maybe requires our attention. So maybe as a you introduce a constraint through time box that says, hey, listen, we've already invested a lot of time in this. I don't think we can fix it. Let's move on to something else. The other aspect, the, the second part of that, um, of how sprint or, 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 or those kind of principles could be applied here is to look at your planning process as a process improvement process, if that makes any sense. And Cheesy alluded to Kanban in his uh, answer. And I'd say if we are able to sort of visualize the types of bugs we're seeing, uh, what their root causes are, what areas of the software they may be part of, then if you're if you're tracking that part, if you're visualizing that part, it can aid as a communication tool. But it, it might also point you to areas in the software which require greater attention in general. For example, if you have three or four different types of bugs and you see one type regularly coming in, that might be an indication that that's where the, the, the code is the worst in the app. And that's the part maybe you want to invest more in because that's where the uh, bang for the buck is. The third aspect of sprints that might be applicable here is the idea of of commitment. So in, in Scrum, we have this idea that you know every every sprint you commit to a certain amount of work. Maybe you can tweak that concept and apply it here and think of it as WIP. So essentially, if if you have two or three bugs coming in, you sort of constrain how many bugs you work on at the same time. Say as a team, you decide we're going to work work on this one particular bug. Maybe you pair on it. Maybe you mob on it. Essentially, you 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 increase the focus that everybody has when fixing that bug, and you don't move on to the next bug until you fix that one. So that that principle from Scrum, I suppose, you could borrow and apply it to uh, this particular context. 
Yeah, it's not not quite a principle of Scrum, but keeping work in progress low is always a, a good idea, of course. Um, one of the other pieces that I would suggest is, and you kind of alluded to it, uh, there are uh, the time box around how much time do you want to spend on fixing a particular bug. Try to basically figure out what do you want to pay? What do you want to pay to get this bug removed? What is it worth to you, right? Um, the, the majority of the time that you will spend, and especially my, my expectation as well as to what Cheesy said, is that this is a team um, that, it, that, is, that is not building the software, but it's a team that is primarily focusing on, on supporting the software. Um, the majority of the time that you will spend on fixing your bug is figuring out what goes wrong. It's not adding the code to make the bug go away. It's really figuring out where in the code is the problem, what needs to change in order to make this problem go away. That time, that's a good indication of how or, or spending that time uh, will give you the information that you need in order to uh, to fix the bug. How much time will we spend on fixing the bug? Because you found the root cause. Now you know uh, approximately at least uh, how, how much it will take you. Um, stop after a while. If you say, well, this bug is not worth uh, two weeks of our time, then, um, then whatever it is worth, uh, spend that time on fixing it. Uh, and and schedule that in your um, in your sprint, but don't focus too much on uh, on commitment. Don't focus too much on Scrum. Um, this is really not a problem that um, that can be solved in uh, in a Scrum in a Scrum manner. Scrum, Scrum is not the right process for this. I would add the, also the question that that the the level of of unit testing, level of automation in this in this code base. So so one one conversation could be with the product owner, whoever, your product manager in this case, that whenever we find the bug, try to put in place maybe, and this is where I, I could see the, the time boxing could be a good good opportunity to spend a little bit of extra time to leave that code base in a little bit of better shape, maybe put in place some more unit tests. So, so because then it could help us perhaps preventing the next bug happening. So, so uh, many, most of you already alluded to the fact that that what's causing that these bugs coming coming back, or what's what's causing the this the, these many bugs, and 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 you have to stop the bleeding. Uh, we know that you cannot stop it right away, but at least work towards a better a better software. Yeah, Chava took the words that I was going to say. I was basically I was going to say that you know uh, I've always heard that if you find that you keep digging yourself into the hole into a hole, the first thing you need to do is stop digging. You know, and, and, and again, you know, that, that goes right back to our software. So if we are doing this, each time we find the source of the defect, I think, uh, first of all, maybe doing some safe refactoring to make that code a little bit cleaner, more testable. Clearly, there's not a test around it because uh, if there was a test testing that th very thing, then you wouldn't have the defect. So make it a little bit cleaner get a test that reproduces the defect, watch it fail, then write the code to make it pass. So Vitaly, I hope uh, that helped to some degree in, uh, in your situation. Uh, listener, uh, if you have additional questions that you'd like us to tackle on this podcast in a similar manner, uh, join our uh, LinkedIn group, uh, Continuous Delivery Podcast, or find us on Twitter at, at ContinuousPod. Uh, we'll be happy to uh, answer your questions uh, in, in, in a similar format. And that concludes this edition of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Goodbye.